I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You can't expect to have the films reflect the consumer and the consumer is not in the seats, right? Um, No matter how many films that you bring in, there has to be a more of an equalizer to make sure that the folks that are sitting in the film, one, not only are enjoying this piece of art, but two, are now going back and reviewing it from their specific cultural lens. Okay, welcome back. Uh, this is the Color Gray Pod. I'm so excited to bring back Malika here so we can talk yes, about uh, Miss Juneteenth. It's a film that we've seen at uh, Sundance Film Festival, directed and written by Channing Goffrey Peoples, uh, starring Nicole Bahari, Kendrick Sampson, and Alexis Chikese. Um Premises set in Black Texas, uh, Turquoise Jones played by Bahari. I love that Black Texas. Uh, it is Black Texas. <laughs> yes. you, have, you, make, you have to be very spe- uh, prescriptive to that because yes. it is very much Black Texas. I like that, yeah. Um, Turquoise Jones is the character played by Nicole Bahari. She is a working, damn near single mother. Uh, the father is in and out of the um, uh, household and she is a prior Miss Juneteenth pageant winner. Um, she wants to reclaim that glory via her daughter, um, Kai, played by Alexis uh, Chikese, uh, and that is dealing with the generational uh, mother-daughter relationships, as well as what it means to try to invest in your children, the dreams that you were unable to fulfill for yourself. Mm-hmm, Did mm-hmm. I capture everything? I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, you, you do this so well. Jill. Thank you. You do this so well. You I appreciate it. it. I try. Um, so, what did you really like about it? I this was one of my favorite films of the festival so far. Um, it, my love of it begins and ends with Nicole Bahari mm. as a actress. She is fantastic. It is a crime that she is not a lead in more things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And she just brings a level of groundedness of emotion of determination in her role that is just mind-blowing to see she goes through a highs and lows of different emotions throughout her performance and she is absolutely the glue that keeps that story together mm-hmm. um the other thing i love is the the environment that is as i mentioned before mm-hmm, black mm-hmm, texas mm-hmm. we get a lovely quick and dirty history lesson of juneteenth and why it's important um not only in terms of the context of the miss juneteenth pageant but why is it important as a holiday to black folks mm-hmm. um we get to see regional celebration folks on horses big yeehaw agenda which i appreciate mm-hmm. um we get to see low riders we get to see barbecue mm-hmm. we just get to see it all so i love just the environment feels authentic to that area um and i just love the story about generational mother and daughter relationships and how they can sometimes be fractured um but at the same time how there's room for improvement as you learn better from your from your prior generations i a hundred percent agree with you. The acting, I mean, Nicole was 
what she can do with her eyes like it's not even right like i don't even like you know it's like oh someone is like staring you down like she is she is the master of the stare down like she she just she doesn't even need to use words um phenomenal and i think the acting around her was really strong too agreed um i i can't remember his name by his name and I'm, i apologize for that but all like her her par- partner and and I would I I don't know maybe they're just phenomenal actors but the even like the extras and people who are just in it it was just the acting and like the cast and all of it was really really strong I could just I really appreciated looking and talking and I wasn't talking but looking and like hearing them talk with each other and the nuances like black culture was there was no explaining. Like it was like you either got it or you didn't get it, and they got it. Yeah, no, and, yeah. So I, I agree really with you. That. I um, I want to talk a little bit about the technicality of it because you talked a little bit about uh, Nicole Bahari's eyes, mm-hmm. and the director made sure to put that money maker right in her face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the money shot. Is her eyes, mm-hmm. and you get a lot of close up shots of her face dealing with whatever is around her in that moment. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is put the camera on her up close, and you got a movie. It's mm-hmm she's just good at what she does mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when her eyes just kind of like glaze over and she has that glassiness to mm-hmm, it that mm-hmm. she can kind of just command on attention mm-hmm. it's so well done mm-hmm. so so well done she's genuinely one of my favorite actresses working right now mm-hmm. and it is a crime that she's not doing more performances in film so what are the things if that you found problematic problematic i mean this is not has nothing to do with the story itself it's just like men pay your bills <laughs> okay please like don't come in and out of somebody's life mm-hmm. and you're not actually here mm-hmm. like if you're, if you're gonna be here be here mm-hmm. but like don't be here mm-hmm. and say you're gonna be here mm-hmm. so that's like within the story i was very irritated mm-hmm. with the the daddy uh played by kendrick Samps, uh Sampson. i was just irritated with him because i was just like well, he, I, did that real, he did that real real well uh, we he know, did that real real we well we all know that type of nigga yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was over it every yeah. time I watched him I was just like man every time you come in with his grill uh-huh. and his like light skin eyes and just he looking so at you being skin. like oh so please skin. love me and like yeah. I'm gonna do better I promise I'm like yeah. are you uh huh uh huh are you really yeah. um, that was the only problematic yeah. thing I had but anything else everything else I just thought was really wonderful I think it's also when we're talking about stories where you have black women that are lead and they're going through a lot of like either financial or emotional or like physical trauma or like turmoil mm-hmm. this one ended on a positive note with her getting her finally that independence that she wanted mm-hmm. and then in return giving that freedom of expression to her daughter mm-hmm. which you don't get a lot of happy endings that way mm-hmm. when it's centers mm-hmm. black women so mm-hmm. I appreciated that I guess what I I mean it's interesting because I had such I want to say this is a thing at Sundance that sometimes so much of it is being in the audience and I really did not like my audience experience at, at so this. So I at would this, agree with that, at, yes. At this, I mean, it was so, and I've done, this has happened to me at Sundance before, a film that is so culturally black in an audience filled with white folks. It's like cringy, but in a, like, in not a good way and like all of like not, and then the energy of the people there kind of lead, like kind of, start to infiltrate your experience. So I will say the thing that I had a hard time with Miss Juneteenth is the pacing. Yep. Like it felt very like I wanted it was it wasn't even that it was too long per se, but it was like it didn't go deeper in those times. Like the shots were really drawn out and you're right like 
Nicole was like amazing. You could watch her face, but it was a lot of shots that like that. Like there were a lot of shots where she, it was about her just showing us what we were supposed to be thinking or feeling from that experience. And I wanted to and pace it. And then the pacing, it was this kind of thing. We're sitting in the theater of things that were not supposed to be funny. Like there's one scene in the beginning where she's at her job. She works at a bar and there's a woman at the bar who has have, has an amputated arm, but you can't tell that at first. You just see her as this older woman. She's at a bar and she's dancing. Um, and then there's like giggles. And then she turns and you see that her arm is amputated. And I never, it wasn't funny. Like even before you, even her arm being amputated wasn't, wasn't supposed to be some big, statement she mm -hmm. just happened that just happened like she could have brown eyes she had empty arm. it wasn't part of it wasn't any deeper meaning than like this is our cult these are the diversity of people that occupy occupy this space but for there was like a lot of moments where the audience who was overwhelmingly white did not know how to react and so reacted poorly i think and kind of took away for me at least like being able I needed to move quicker because of that. You yeah, know, like I needed it. Like I, it, that shot was long because you wanted to be dramatic, but its longness was then filled with like cackles from white folks when it shouldn't, you know, like it was just like, no, I hear you. Mm -hmm. I think that one. So I would say that the, the, the laughter and the reactions of primarily white audiences did not bother me with Juneteenth. It bothered me for another film. Mm. Um, and that was Zola. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for this one, and it, it's sad to say I've gotten accustomed to it throughout the years. Mm -hmm. I think the first time I really felt like, oh, wow, this is I am one of the few in the building was a couple of years ago when I saw Tyrell um, starring Jason Mitchell. Not a great movie, mm -hmm. but it um, it's 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 get out esque in which there is a black dude friends with the white dude he's trying to get away from his girlfriend because his girlfriend wants to introduce uh, him to her family. He said, nah went with the white dude for this trip that they went on vacation. Michael Sarah is in a do-rag in this this video uh, this movie. I'm not joking. I wish I was lying. And the film in itself was him really trying to escape and like becoming paranoid with all these white people around. And I'm sitting in literally in the middle of the center row and there's literally a sea of white people behind me in front of me and for that it was like a weird kind of like deja vu moment of being like, "Huh?" I get what <laughs> I get what this character what Tyrell is feeling in this moment. Mm -hmm. Um and so it's sad to say but you kind of get accustomed to it. And even when we saw cuties like we were in different areas but very 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 few black people in that audience mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. primarily like I would say 99% mm -hmm, white people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um which was really fascinating to watch. And males, uh, to me in cuties Older, like middle-aged white males. Males were hard for me in particular. In cuties, yeah. Same thing with Zola too. Zola mm -hmm. was a hard one and I mean we'll talk about it in that review but like even the way certain critics are writing their reaction tweets and their reviews of the film, tread lightly because not everybody has the cultural range mm -hmm. to talk about certain nuanced things mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I am looking forward to is seeing uh, array of voices that are not the norm, especially in these larger publications. And I say that as somebody who's written for a large publication mm -hmm, before mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that has the range, so to speak, mm -hmm. to to talk about these like nuanced um, black experiences mm -hmm. i think ultimately and let me know if you mm -hmm. want to chime in i think ultimately when we talk about the films that are being shown versus the audience is all about access 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. And access means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. That can be financial access. Mm-hmm. That can be access in terms of disability. That can be access in terms of um, publications and where you can write for. But ultimately, you, you can't expect to have the films reflect the consumer and the consumer's not in the seats, right? And so if you're not making the access accessible to everyone, mm-hmm. you're always going to have this problem. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be systematic and no matter films no matter how many films that you bring in, there has to be a more of an equalizer to make sure that the folks that are sitting in the film, one, not only are enjoying this piece of art, but two, are now going back and reviewing it from their specific cultural lens. I think that also there's more that Sun can Sundance can do to move that. Sure, absolutely. Like, I think if you are having your film here and you should get a, a significant amount of tickets that you could then disperse to people who will come and support you. Like your family, because like, if you're a black person, those people are, chances are going to be black. And there is like, again, it's another podcast episode yeah. to expound on, but even the... I would say from my personal experience, let me know if you agree. Yeah. I think the the mix of public screenings to PI screenings mm-hmm. shifted. So there's a lot more public screenings. Interesting. So if you are not pressed necessarily, yeah. that's at least how I felt. Yeah, yeah. So if you are not pressed, for example, yeah. how are you getting those tickets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who has the money to pay for those? Yeah. They're pricey. Yeah. yeah. And so again, I think it goes back to the the access com- yeah. conversation yeah. of like who funds Sundance? Yeah. Festivals in general are expensive as fuck. Yeah. Like let's be candid yeah and you need to have a certain amount of capital if you are not here as press or industry Mm -hmm. from your job or Mm -hmm. because you freelance or you work as a staff writer Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. get in the room Mm -hmm. and so and in a area that is full of high money like Mm -hmm. park city utah Mm -hmm. it is not surprising to me that the folks that are that get to luxuriously you know Mm -hmm. explore this art Mm -hmm. are the folks who have the capital Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which most of the time equal white folks Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm In thinking specifically about Juneteenth and the audience that was there to watch that film, I like my takeaway from it um, is it feels like it it felt to me as if it was people who could afford to to spend a lot of money on passes. Yeah. And then just came and saw movies. And when it wasn't what they thought it was going to be, they left. Yeah. So by the time the end of Juneteenth came, I would say there was a significant percentage of empty seats like it wasn't we like had, we completely some, yeah we had some people like leave people, Zola, people leave at cuties yeah too. like people left and that's something about that just feels fucked up to me yeah. at and you never know because like sometimes like look the schedule if you're pressed yeah. is staggering yeah i have been that person who had to leave like you know midway and but like i gotta go like yeah. i gotta do an interview and stuff like that so i get that but on the other hand like i i don't disagree with you yeah i definitely saw some folks primarily white people yeah it wasn't like throughout. just random people or no, something it was like it was kind of consistent it was a part of it of exodus like yeah. oh this is this whatever that point was like i i've seen enough kind of hit um and i think like that you know i i'm not gonna say bad or you know i you know i don't like that shit but I, whatever sundance i do think that there's a way in which there's there's things you can do to like offset that and I think simple things that aren't about changing the bottom line of your festival, but really allowing to like just pushing the the community of people of color and marginalized community to give them some more access. Yep. And I think that's something they can think about doing. Yep. Thanks again for having me. Of course. Give me time. <laughs> so um, tell us about yourself. 
My name is Carla Wills. I am a producer with Democracy Now. We're a global television radio news hour, and we're here at Sundance. Um, we here we're here every year, basically covering the documentary film track um, in particular. But um, I've been really. Um, happy to see a lot of what we've uh, seen this year in, in Sundance, particularly by and about people of color um, in documentary films. We at um, Domino Sound, we're a production company that's trying to elevate marginalized voices. We love democracy now. Like, love, 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 love. And something you've mentioned that you've been coming, this is our Domino's first year at Sundance, but you've mentioned that you've been coming here for years to cover it for Democracy Now. And something that we're looking at and thinking about and have been talking to a lot of black artists, um, critics, reporters that have come to this space is around accessibility. Um, and so I'm wondering, from your perspective, someone who's been coming for a while, has accessibility for marginalized communities gotten better or do you feel like it's still the same or has it gotten worse? It's interesting you should mention accessibility. One of my dear friends and colleagues at Democracy Now um, uses a wheelchair and I was telling him before we came that there's a lot of programming around accessibility this year. Mm -hmm. um, I said, but it would be interesting to see if they really thought about how people will access that programming, like where, what theaters are, because he came like maybe a couple of years ago and he found that some of the, you know, ex, they found there were access issues for a lot of the spaces, mm -hmm. the venues. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, he decided, unfortunately, in the last couple of years not to come because he felt like it was just too much trouble. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, I'm always encouraging, please just come anyway. Mm -hmm. But so I was interested in seeing that there's some um, panels and then, of course, some documentary script camp. And mm -hmm. uh, I think there was another one that I wanted to see. Um, so I think there's still a lot of work to do on that. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll okay. see. One last question. Mm -hmm. So everyone has a Sundance story. It could be like picking out the outfit. Someone mm. told us a story about like of snow blindness that they never understood before. What is your Sundance story? Oh man, do I have a Sundance story? I mean, I, I'm, I'm just mad that this year I totally forgot my swimsuit. I always remember because we have a great atrium in our hotel and there's a pool and a hot tub. This year there's a whole VR experience going on there where you in can the in in the pool right what? where you can don the whole vr mask you get in the pool Stop. and you're weightless but it's not the vr experience is about being in space so it's kind of like that whole that zero gravity amazing thing. and i'm like i gotta do it so i have to find a swimsuit <laughs> just so i can do that before i leave on friday that sounds incredible thank you so much for talking with us thank you We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Color Grade, recorded live at the Sundance Film Festival in Park City, Utah. I'm your host, Joy Childs, and you can find me at Jump for Joy on Twitter and Instagram and at joychilds.com. Color Grade is produced by Domino Sound.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 